Blog Talk Radio. To Kingdom Life with Prophetess Alandis Porter. This show is designed to feed and nourish kingdom leaders to reflect the heart of God. Listen and be blessed. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Kingdom Life with Apostle Alandis Porter. I am so glad that you tuned in with us today on the Release the Word Radio Network because we've been doing a number of things concerning kingdom because God really wants us to be really educated about who we are and what our responsibilities are. And I believe that um, God is using me as a vessel to teach Um, kingdom citizenship, kingdom responsibility, kingdom identity. There's just a lot of things that that we're teaching about uh, the life that we live. And so today I am going to be beginning, actually I did a little bit of it last week. Um, We were just talking about taking responsibility, but, excuse me, Today I'm going to be be beginning uh, a separate series called Our Kingdom Citizenship and Responsibility, and I'll be going through several categories of what our kingdom citizenship means and then what our kingdom responsibilities are. And we're going to explain um, all the different elements of a kingdom because if you are not under a king and queen in your lifestyle, it's a totally different um, way of living. So we're going to go through all of that and really break it down. So I'm sure this will be going on for several weeks. So I want you to get your notepad, get your Bible, snatch a friend, get pen and paper, and get ready. We'll be right back. It's in the book, look, read the mercy twice. You can possess the best of the best, and yes, 
when I was in the world, I lived like I was in the world, and I sinned, and I, I had a good time doing what I did. And now that I have come to God, my life has totally changed. My nature has changed. I now am governed by the Holy Spirit and not by demonic spirits. So now we're going to exactly explain what does that mean. So what did Jesus mean when he said the kingdom of God is within you? Does the kingdom only exist in our hearts and minds? So let's go through this. Because the Bible is real clear about the kingdom of God. It is a literal government that will be established on earth. The kingdom of God will contain four essential components of a real kingdom. And um, I'm not going to go through all the scripture. Um, And as a matter of fact, I think when I post the show, I'm going to post this uh, element illustration for you. Um, It'll help you out. So let's go through the components of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has a king who is Jesus Christ. And I'll give you some scripture references for that. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7 St. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 33. I won't give you all of them because it's a lot. And number two, there is a territory element. In the, there's a component of territory in the kingdom, and that would be the entire earth. Scripture references Daniel chapter 7, verse 14, and Revelation chapter 5, verse 10. Number three component is it has subjects in the kingdom of God, the people of all nations. Scripture reference for that is Isaiah chapter 2, verse 2, and Daniel chapter 7, verse 14, which I just gave you for territory as well. And number four, it has a law, the law of God revealed in the Bible. That is found in Isaiah verse two, chapter 2, verse 3, and Isaiah chapter 66, verse 23. So I'm going to say those components again. Kingdom of God has four essential components that are, are, are likened to a real kingdom. You have a king, which is Jesus Christ. You have a territory, which is the entire earth. You have subjects, which are the people of our own nations. And you have a law, which is God revealed in the Bible, which is the word of God. Those are the four components for the kingdom. Now, when the kingdom of God rules over the earth, the nature of wild animals will be changed. It will be made 
make them uh, docile, so they'll be calmer. And and that's Isaiah eleven six through nine. And these are these are just things that will happen as the components are established. The kingdom of God will be established on the earth at the second coming of Jesus Christ. So we're going to go into a whole other element with that. The kingdom of God is a future reality. It is not here yet. And King David will rule over the 12 tribes of Israel. Each tribe will be governed by one of the 12 apostles. And that's found in Matthew 19 and 28. So let's break this down even more because some of you I'm sure are saying I'm totally confused right now. So we're going to talk about the kingdom itself because we really want you to not leave um, the show today misunderstanding what that means. We really want to break down what that really, really, really means. So when Jesus was explaining to the Pharisees that you cannot see the kingdom of God, that it is within you, um, where I read St. Luke seventeen twenty and 21. Um, the first part of the answer um, was pretty easy to understand, but it was um, kind of easy for them to misunderstand the second part of it, which, I, which without having a picture, which is why I went through the components of the kingdom because I wanted you to understand that um, the kingdom of God is set up. If the kingdom of God is within me, God has to give me a territory to minister to, people in that territory, and there has to be laws that govern it. So there has to be something in place and order, which we follow the Bible, which is the word of God. So, But the reason why Jesus said it that way is because when Jesus came to earth, the Jews were really looking for a Messiah to come and elevate the Jewish nation. And instead they were hearing a a message of repentance. But they had anticipated a deliverer that would liberate their nation. And he came to pay a price and a penalty for sin at that time. That's what Jesus came to this earth to do. But they didn't really understand at that point what his assignment was, but he knew what he came to do. So that was when Jesus told them they were mistaken, you know, and and he was coming to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God and uh, pay the penalty for mankind's sin but he would come back later and appear a second time for salvation, which is found in Hebrews 9 and 28. And then he would establish a actual kingdom here on earth. But until then, the kingdom of God will be on the inside of you. So let's talk about us living in the kingdom. Uh, as we live in the kingdom, we are governed by the law of God, which is the Bible. And according to that law, God made us in his image and in his likeness, which is why 
we are spiritual beings. A lot of times, most times, we are referred to as human beings, and that's only because we live in a human body. But if we are made likened unto God, he is a spirit. So if we are to be in his image and in his likeness, this is why the Bible tells us to walk in the spirit so that we will not entertain the lust of the flesh. Because living in a human body and and just going by what you feel and what you think and what it wants, it'll get you in trouble. So in order for us to please the king, we have to live by the spirit and the law, which is the Bible. So we, we got that part down. So we are now living in the kingdom, and now we need to know what are the principles of that kingdom. What is God requiring of me? What kind of responsibilities do I have in the kingdom? And this is what we're going to go through. We're going to go through a few of them, but there are two things that are clear. There are two things that God put us in this earth realm for, for sure. And this scripture verse is found in St. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And it says this, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. And I want to read that same verse in the God's Word translation. That was the King James Version, but I want to read it in the God's Word translation because it broke it down so well. Concerned about his kingdom and what has his approval, then all these things will be provided for you. So in other words, when you seek the king first and what's right in his sight, then everything else will be provided for you. You won't have to worry about a thing because God will provide it for you. So in other words, you take care of the king's business and he'll take care of yours. And if we think about that in a natural sense where you have a king and queen and you have a parliament, everything revolves around them. And you have to be governed by the laws that are established. If you walk outside of the perimeter of those laws, you are imprisoned, you are fined. There are several things that could happen to you. The same is true in the law of God. You either obey or disobey for your actions. He tells us whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. That works in the kingdom of God as well. And just because now that Jesus has died and paid a penalty for our sin and we have an advocate, it does not mean it negates the fact that you still have to pay for consequences of some things that you do. It doesn't, like, go in the reverse. God forgives you for your sins. Yes, he does. And he wipes them away. But there are some things that you do that you can't reverse that. Okay, say like, oh, I'll, I'll give one for instance. This is, this is a pretty popular one, and people bring it up a lot. If I get pregnant, I can't just like push the baby back unless I abort that child and no one will ever know. 
unless I never tell anybody that I was ever pregnant. But it's not like you can reverse that. That is something that you have to deal with. Um, Someone commits adultery. God has almost an entire half of a chapter that's written about what consequences you will bring upon yourself if you do it. Like, it ruins your reputation. It brings like seven years of, of, of just trouble in your life, and it's scriptural. So it's, it's just like there are things that cannot be reversed. I, I, I really questioned that one day, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, Lord, you know, I, I understand that, you know, your grace is present, and I know that the scripture tells us that whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. So what about grace? He says, even when my grace is present, I still must uphold my word. Because before my word fail heaven and earth. So if you sow it, you will still reap it. And I was like, wow. I was like, that's that's something. I said, so he said, because there's a law. And I still must uphold that law. Because I put my name on my word. I said, before my word fell, heaven and earth will pass away. And I was like, wow. I was like, wow, Lord, that's something. I said, because you think about when you do something wrong or if you say you're sorry, you know, for something that you may do to to someone, it doesn't necessarily mean that that relationship is going to be repaired. It doesn't necessarily mean that... um, you know, if if you're in a marriage and, and, and you commit adultery, that that person is going to still want to remain married to you. So there are there are instances where just saying I'm sorry, that, that just doesn't change the whole circumstance. The person can forgive you, but it doesn't mean that it's the end result will still, you will still reap what, um, the sin that you did, you still happen to have consequences to it. So there are some things that carry consequences and they don't just go away just because you say you're sorry. So we're going to take another short break and we'll be right back. I know I'm not going to be able to finish this entire lesson right now, but we're going to continue it because we're, we're going to keep going. So I'll be right back. We're going to take another break.
what your heart's desire tonight. Come on, lift your voice and sing it with us tonight. to just wrap up um, the laws of living by the laws of the kingdom. We're just going to kind of give a short summary of what I just went over because I don't, I don't want to be confusing. I want to be clear about what we're talking about. So the concept of um, the kingdom of God being in our hearts, the scripture shows us that um, this subject should be on our minds. God wants us living in his will to be constantly, which is, the, which is why he puts the kingdom of God is inside of you. So that means constantly having God in our minds and in our hearts and knowing that his presence is there because we should be praying for the kingdom to come as the word says. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
um, as it is in St. Matthew 6 and 10. Um, And we want to really be that. Um, and when you think about it, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an illustration of this. We, we went through the territories and all the components of the kingdom and all the different elements of it. But to give you a short synopsis of what that really means and what it means in a visual, we are the go-between between heaven and earth. If we don't pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, If we don't pray heaven to earth, it does not come. We are the go-between. We pray God's will down. We bring what's in heaven to earth by him being on the inside of us, by the Holy Spirit living inside of us. We bring things that are supernatural to the natural. So I know that makes more sense. So when we repent of our sins and are baptized, and begin following the lead of the Holy Spirit, we voluntarily place ourselves under the laws and the authority of the coming kingdom of God. So we are getting ready for not just the kingdom that's already on the inside of us, for our coming king when he comes again. We are now even in preparation for that. So as we do that, We are the ones who are working the middle. We are the people that are in the middle. So the world sees us. They hear us. They feel us. We are the representative for the king. So, so to speak, it would be like a king, queen, prince, princesses, things like that. You can look at it like that, and that probably will help you really to see it. But I'm going to stop here. Because I really want us to really uh, break down everything so there will be a great understanding of how the kingdom process works. Because I want to set a picture of the kingdom first before I go into our kingdom responsibility. I want us to know who we are as citizens, what that means, who am I, and, and that, for those of you who did not get to hear the kingdom identity series, Go back and listen to it because that will bring you up to where we are now. And then we're going now into the citizenship and to our responsibility as citizens in the kingdom. So I'm going to stop here. We're going to come back next week. We'll be still talking about our kingdom citizenship, and then we're going to go into our kingdom responsibilities. So until next time, I pray this has blessed you and keep living in full effect for the King. God bless. If you were blessed by this program and would like to learn more about our products and services, connect with us on Facebook at Kingdom Advancement Global Ministries. Follow us on Twitter at KAG Ministries or visit us on the web at kagministries.com. 